Congratulations! You're listening to a Radio One ninety one FM podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Go for Coffee with Hannah and Abby. I'm Abby and I'm Hannah. And today we're going to be talking about disordered eating and eating disorders. Absolutely. So we're going to be discussing some personal experiences as well as kind of just generally um, diet culture and society as a whole. Um, This is an important trigger warning as well that we are going to be discussing some sensitive topics. And if you're not in the space or the place to listen to these, um, totally get it and switch off. But hopefully it's going to be a productive conversation. And yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, This is something that you haven't openly talked about with a lot of people. Is that right, Hannah? Yeah. No, it's very like handful. It's kind of. Yeah. So this will be an interesting discussion for people close to us as well as people that maybe don't know us as well. To start it off, why don't you give a brief background of kind of when this became what you would call like your defining moment of like the issue really arising mm-hmm. in your mind? Okay. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, woo. Um, summer of 2021, um, I went home and didn't really have a lot of work on and was kind of spent a lot of time just sitting and thinking and don't even really know how it happened, but I just kind of started engaging in like binge eating behavior. And I think I'd already like previously done binge eating stuff, but then it progressed and ended up, Oh my God, this is so like weird. Um, (laughs) um, ended up kind of at a crunch point where I probably had spent like a month being bulimic and was like holy shit yeah this is so scary and out of control and I don't know what to do um yeah yeah and even saying that I'm like oh it feels so weird and just like almost like it didn't happen but it It did it It was very real yeah very real and I guess um as well because I spent a lot of time at home because I was working remotely so I was doing a lot of social media stuff I was just spending a lot of time at home by myself um ruminating in non-helpful thoughts yeah and kind of with the time and the space and the opportunity to binge and not have anyone know about it as well was really like a big thing um Mm. so yeah huge amount of shame which obviously kind of goes with a lot of eating disorders and disordered eating um and then it kind of progressed and got worse because i think okay i think a lot of people well a lot of people um those (laughs) that do binge try and compensate with behavior and then think that it's going to be like the last time that you do something yeah yeah and it becomes a cycle and more then than it becomes a, like super yeah a coping strategy that's super maladaptive um and then yeah. i remember we had a girls drinks thing that i was supposed to go to with everyone and i totally just had a really bad day and when i can't go and the thought of like having food and drinks and just really socialization and stuff i was just like so overwhelmed and just like couldn't and took myself to, we got like a little beach house on the Caramandel Peninsula and I just like went I have to get away kind of thing um, yeah so I drove there and then just like by myself and then um, one of the girls messaged me and was like hey are you coming and I'm like oh sorry I'm not making it oh god I was like <laughs> the queen of flaking at this point um, I, I remember that happening yeah I that was the thing like I think it became an issue as well because it was interfering with like social stuff and like stuff that I'd normally enjoy because like yeah yeah, I just wasn't going to things it was more apparent well at least I'm sure it was more apparent to you because I mean not that I knew you had an eating disorder at that point but I knew that your mental health wasn't in a good place at that point because it was a difficult thing for you to be able to socialize which generally is a big pointer to not doing so well yeah yeah. Totally. And no, um, we got a message and she was like, are you coming? And I was like, oh, no, I'm not. And they were like, oh, like, are you good? And I was like, yeah, no, I just like need some headspace. And then she like double asked the question was like, 
oh, your no. WhatsApp. And that was like the first time that I was like, holy shit, like I think I've got an eating disorder. Something is actually happening. Yeah. yeah. And that was just like, oh my God, yuck. Wow. <laughs> how, does, how does it feel to finally say it? Um, it's interesting because I feel like you spend a lot of time being like, oh shit, this is like, <sighs> I don't even know. Like, it still feels like it wasn't bad enough. Like, I still quite often justify it. I'm like, ugh, like, is it disordered eating? Is it an eating disorder? Because, again, um, yeah, from the, like, anxiety, depression episode, didn't have anything diagnosed because you have to have a clinical psychologist actively diagnose you. So I didn't get that. So then I didn't really know if what I had was, like, you, you don't want to be fraudulent about it. Like, it's not, <laughs> like, you don't want to be like, okay, hey guys, like, I got to do eating disorder when you actually don't. Um, but yeah, I think it was yeah. kind of that admission where I was like, holy shit, this is something that I is interfering with my life and I can't handle, like, I don't have it. I'm not on top of it. Because a lot of the time yeah, you're, you're not like, in control oh. of it. Yeah, like, well, because it's such a slippery, like, of like how, what's someone deciding that they want to, like, watch what they eat and control that kind of thing to being like, totally out of control and an issue that you have to deal with yeah i was gonna say because obviously there's a clear path from certain like diet cultures and mindfulness about food and thinking some foods are bad some foods are good and like getting scared of foods and all those types of things leading up to it was this point kind of like the point where you're like oh my god this is completely out of my control or was there points along the way where you kind of scared yourself a bit there was definitely points along the way where I was like, I didn't think we'd reach this. Like, yeah. I didn't think this was going to be me. Um, yeah. Because you know logically, in your head, you totally know logically what you're doing to yourself isn't helpful, isn't, like, good for you, and you don't want to be doing it, but at the same time, yeah. it's just happening. Completely. And it's like this utter, like, search for control and that... Like, with the binge thing, I still don't really get it because I'm like, if you're trying to be in control, like, why do you snap into this kind of brain of yeah. complete and utter out of control? Um, yeah. And then kind of the but compensatory... But it's so common for so many people. Yeah. It's such I a know, common, like, thing. release. Like, as soon as I kind of told a few people, like, I was really surprised that, like, a couple of them as well were like, oh, actually, like... I dealt with this as well and I think that was such like a motivating thing for this episode and this podcast and why I really wanted to do it because I like I was never underweight um like obviously like my weight fluctuated but it wasn't alarming anybody to it It, yeah it wasn't apparent to anybody what was happening yeah I mean in my brain it was like a huge deal and Mm. like I was very aware of it but I also know that I didn't look like someone with an eating disorder yeah yeah, and it's such a hard thing. That's the other hard thing is that a lot of people are scared to intervene with someone if they notice that someone's got distorted behavior, but they look at them and they go, oh, but you don't look like you've got an eating disorder. So I'm probably just being like out of line by mm-hmm. thinking that. And I think that that stops a lot of friends or family intervening when maybe intervention should be had. Yeah, no, that's which a I really good point. Which is, like, important because we've get fed a lot of stories of, I don't want to say ex- super extreme cases because all cases are, like, you know, pretty extreme. It's not a pleasant thing. But the cases where, you know, the person's in hospital, skin mm-hmm. and bone, that kind of eating disorder, and that's what we're fed a lot of the time in the media. So we don't really see all the variety of cases and the fact that it doesn't really matter what you look like. It's more about what you're actually doing to your body and how your mind is acting in that moment. Yeah. And that's what needs to be treated, first and foremost. Totally. And I think, I, like, it wasn't until I was kind of in it that I realized, like, the huge psychological toll of it. Like, um, I remember I just was, like... It sounds so weird to be obsessed with food, but it's like this kind of sense of just all of your thoughts all of the time are just like around like I can't eat or like I won't eat or these kind of things and then you do and then you don't and then it's just like complete and utter yeah. like fixation and trying to and it's like if you if you're thinking about like don't press the red button twenty four seven, you're gonna fucking It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. So that was I can I can say like I have never eventuated any 
eating disorder but I have like you were saying those constant 24-7 thoughts of food and whether to eat something or not to eat something or planning out your day so that the certain things that you eat are the certain things and then you're in control of that and then it's not going to get out of hand and then I'm not going to binge on other things and all these and then especially if I'm unoccupied or alone for a long period of time or anything like that where it's like I do just think about that Mm -hmm. it's consuming like all consuming and then even this year I started getting scared of pasta no you love pasta I love (laughs) pasta like pasta is a comfort food for me and I started getting scared of it and I've never been scared of any food in my life that's really yeah it was the weirdest feeling Mm. to just be like oh my god I'm genuinely scared of that like and I, I, like, I was never scared of it. And I was like, where is this coming from? Like, why am I scared of it? I know, like, I know both nutritionally and also mentally why I like this food. Why am I scared of it? Yeah. I mean, that's a thing as well. But it's, like, so commonly, I think, particularly for girls, I think this is where our experience um, comes in. And I don't want to speak incorrectly um about what the male side of eating disorders looks like but I know that like growing up through high school and even like before then like you were like women are just surrounded by messages of like what's good food what's bad like all this random stuff about carbs and like like all this diet how much women should eat versus men and what women should eat versus men and muscle mass and all of those yeah things that just aren't very dependent like they are dependent on male and female but they're also like dependent on case by case yeah yeah like i am bigger than my boyfriend and i could eat more than him and that has nothing to do with me being a female and him being a male and it just has everything to do with our genetics Mm -hmm. yeah you know like things like that where it's but that is just so taboo almost growing up yeah completely completely so if talking about like growing up and things like that because obviously i mean sometimes eating disorders do just come out of nowhere and really hit you like a truck especially if like you're going through something and it's a way of controlling those emotions but generally they manifest over time do you think that there was things childhood early teenager teenager years that really like created this disordered thinking which then led to this moment of an eating disorder when you were in a state of vulnerability yeah no yeah. great question yeah absolutely there's like a few things that I like can quite clearly point to um so I did gymnastics growing up and did a lot of dance and those are notorious for um yeah eating disorders and stuff later on I think it's just because you're so aware of your body and what it looks like and how it compares and there's kind of that expectation that you're small and you're made to think about things before you're probably able to actually comprehend why you're thinking about them a hundred percent seven-year-olds shouldn't be thinking about whether or not they're like got bigger legs than their seven-year-old pals like it just no exactly and they wouldn't naturally think about that realistically like it's because of an activity or a thought that's been put into their head or something like that because that's not a natural thought for a seven-year-old 100 percent. and i think it's like obviously you can't blame it on it 100 like no not every gymnast is gonna have it and i also want to make clear that i loved gymnastics and i that was a real i don't know love for me growing up um but yeah. it certainly like kind of plants that seed in addition i was like in a pretty health conscious household um with this really strong messaging around like good foods and bad foods and healthy eating and that kind of thing so like right from a pretty early age there was like really clear moralization of food um that i mean as an adult you can kind of comprehensively understand and you go yeah well there's like some foods are more nutritionally dense than others you probably have them more often than others and then you have like some that you just occasionally eat and if you totally get rid of the rules this is my opinion but I think we would all eat in accordance to how it makes us feel so it's like yeah eating more nutritionally dense food makes you feel better most of the time and then you occasionally have something and it's like everything balances out but as a kid you don't quite understand that balance and so it's really easy to get into like black and white thinking of like what you should eat what you shouldn't eat and like and also just thinking about like as a kid right 
a lot of your response is like fear response Mm. because that's kind of you don't have all your emotions developed as a kid but you definitely have your fear response developed as a kid and a lot of emotion to good and bad or safe and unsafe and everything like that is just like it's pure fear response and it really festers up that fear of like you want this you don't want this and it creates that subconscious fear I feel that carries on with you even though you're not aware of it and your parents aren't aware of it and the people around you aren't aware of it you've got this fear now ingrained in your head that as an adult with more comprehension you're not afraid of it but because you've got this subconscious fear dating back to whenever it's very hard to get that out of your hair and that response out of your head yeah no and that's a really good point that you mentioned as well that you like don't even know it's there like a mm-hmm. lot of the like rules that we go by of like when do you have breakfast when do you have lunch when do you do dinner like all that stuff you just don't even like think yeah, about who, who said it legit who decided who that told you had to do breakfast that food and other things aren't like <laughs> it's so arbitrary but you just like don't even question it because it's just like so all-encompassing um mm. yeah so I mean growing up that was through high school as well was just like um being really health conscious and kind of thinking that I was almost like not a lesser person if I was bigger but just kind of it wasn't as preferred yeah or kind of somehow was like part of like I'd be less professional or go less you know what I mean there's like that kind of thing in it as well that was like a real driver for me and I was like oh god um yeah I remember one person was like do you ever even like eat any fast food and I was just like oh my god like (laughs) so embarrassed because you did eat very healthy at school like from my like memory of it yeah which was not I mean that was pretty disordered then. I wouldn't have said that it was like I wasn't didn't have an eating disorder back then, but it was certainly like way too much thought about food and body yeah. and that kind of thing. Which I think I mean a lot of people have at high school. A lot of girls have is just like that all. Oh, it's a breeding ground for it, isn't oh, it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and even like, like it's the start of scary. uni as well it's yeah. like kind of the same thing of like you have all that messaging around like the fresher five and like you see what everyone else is eating and everyone else like messaging so like even if you grow up in a pretty like solid non-disordered food household then you come to uni and you're trying to like fit in and see what everyone else does and you're just like overwhelmed yeah. by all these like stupid messaging and i find eating with people allows you to compare very easily yeah so if you see someone that you're like oh i want to look like them and you see what they eat it's so easy to jump to just like oh well that's what i need to do which like completely missing the point of genetics and lifestyle and just so many different things and it just isn't that but Mm. it's so easy to jump to that because that's the immediate thing that you see yeah yeah it's just a breeding ground and like for social media do you think that so does social media for you play a part um see I would have I think had you asked me like a little while ago I would have said no because I don't think I follow a lot of like PT gym people which yeah which I'm like yeah obviously or like Instagram (laughs) model kind of things I'm like yeah this isn't gonna do wonders for me um but even like working through the eating disorder because I have like kind of been through some treatment and I'm still I mean we're only what like August yeah it's still early I would say not early stages but I would say you're still yeah. in the in the ba- still realms of it learning what kind of where I'm at I guess and so even like yeah a couple of days ago I was like mm, I'm gonna unfollow some people and it's like kind of sad when you're unfollowing your friends because I'm like I genuinely want to know what you're up to and stuff but I'm also like yeah this isn't productive and also this I mean yeah so you kind of I have been really aware of it and made quite a conscious effort to try and unfollow people if I find myself not even negatively commenting on my own body but just analyzing and kind of making the comparison yeah see I was the same where I always like disputed that Instagram was doing anything to my mind because in my head like I wasn't on that side of Instagram that was like Mm. bikini models and everything like that and most of the things I was looking at was more just like health conscious 
things rather than you know like oh my god I don't look like this Instagram model yeah so I was like well you know like it's not that big of an impact on me but I've come to realize that um I can as you consume things even though you're not like consciously taking them in you are taking them in yeah and the more you see about people working out every day or the more you see about like this is what I eat every day or the more you see about like this is what this person looks like in shorts or this is what this person's arms look like just things that like I wasn't consciously like catching myself on and being like you're consuming that and taking that in and making a comparison but I was mm-hmm. and I it would be so exhausting because I wasn't catching myself on it so I just scroll and scroll and scroll and how much like how much consumption are you doing when you're just scrolling and scrolling and oh, scrolling like it's my endless God. you just like don't even want to think about it I know so I was like not only exhausted I wasn't catching myself and I find that like catching myself is what I've been able to do in order to stop myself before anything ever eventuates Mm -hmm. so not catching myself on those things is like I was just damaging myself constantly every day without fail and like you're saying it wasn't just like random people I didn't know it was like friends and things like that that were also posting like idealized photos and idealized versions of themselves and even though I would see them in real life and know what they looked like and like be comfortable with myself I couldn't help but consume what they were putting onto social media. I was going to say it's harder as well because they're your friends and so you don't even see it as, like, potentially a problem. No, and, like, why would I unfollow them and all all those things? But, like, you think about how much thought goes into posting a photo on Instagram. Like, they're really trying to put an idealized version out there and so are you. And all these things of, like, even, like, people getting more likes or comments especially when I was in high school it really honed into me that like they were more ideal than I was yeah and so I had that in my brain or like this guy likes this girl more so you know like I need to do something yeah and I think as well we're like right from the get-go we kind of sold this narrative of like skinny people are more successful and they're just like quote-unquote better humans um, like I people think, like them more yeah people like them more and that kind of thing and you see that still online so much that I, I like whenever they pop on my pop up on my discover feed like I always like de- like intentionally go I don't want to see this as those like transformation things of being like oh, oh. You know, I'm so sad and like depressed at home and I'm like so fat and then I go to the gym and I work out and like whoa I'm so cool <laughs> now and I've got like, I hate a good those. job I hate and now I have so money much. and it's just like this is the narrative that is everywhere and it's like for a lot of people that's super inspirational and I'm like why is this inspirational like it shouldn't have anything to do with anything and so it's like it's in there as well like when you're in like a place where you aren't feeling top top of your game um, oh it's so transformational in your head yeah like you just go okay what is one thing that I have control over that I can like manipulate to get myself out of this place to like from A to B um, yeah. And you're kind of told that, like, if you control your food and watch what you eat and all this kind of stuff, that you will end up in a better situation. And I think a lot of that process is super subconscious. Like, you don't go through that oh, God, thought yeah. process. But it's like, that's kind of where a lot of stuff comes from. And I, it's really important. Or even in lockdown yeah. last year, the Chloe Ting workout. Like, the Chloe Ting, like, 24, oh, yeah. like, 14-day shred. Yeah. I tried it. Like, Did it, did it help I, you with mental health? <laughs> Uh, well, I lasted half of the time. I was exhausted, um, and I didn't look any different, which really, really destroyed the self-esteem, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. that doesn't do wonders. And then it was like, well, why can't I get out of bed and do this workout? Like, why am I not just going out and doing it? Like, why? Why? Mm. And it was just, like, bullying myself for not doing something that I was like, you know, other people are doing it, and they're doing fine, and, like, they're not struggling. Like, why can't you do it? It's just this bullying. Yeah. No, it's so, like... You're not meant to succeed, I'm, like, pretty sure with those no, things. And, and, like, I've been, like, a quite a hardcore athlete at times in my life. And, like, I've been able to push myself. And I know that I'm able to push myself. So if my brain and my body is saying, no, we're not in the mood, we don't want to do it, it's not the time, mm-hmm. I should be able to listen to myself and go, this isn't me being lazy. And even if it was me being lazy, there's nothing wrong with being lazy occasionally. Like you know sometimes you just need that but this was like I'm like I should have been able to listen to myself and be like you don't want to do this and that's okay but I couldn't and I was just bullying myself instead yep 
No, I can totally relate <laughs> to that experience. <laughs> in a bully. And honestly, like, just thinking about it and being like, if my friend was saying this stuff to me that I'm oh. saying to myself, like, I would be appalled. I would not be friends with them. Yeah, I know that that's, like, one of the big things, I think, is, like, if you are finding your thoughts disordered or kind of you need to reevaluate, like, would you say that to a friend? And if not, like, you shouldn't be saying that to yourself. Mm, perspective so hard though when you're in that moment. Oh my god, yeah. That's the other I found TikTok detrimental. Oh, yuck. TikTok almost sent me down a very bad rabbit hole. I found myself on exercise and mm. eating TikTok mm-hmm. and just really short videos of what I eat in a day and what I do in a day and this is what I do. And I was like, Well, I don't do that. Yeah. So then I started to and calorie videos of showing different calories of food and I had never I knew that I never wanted to know calories in my life because I knew that I would hold on to that if I did know about them Uh but now I was just taking in all these videos about calories in between videos that I did want to see and I was learning about them and I was looking at food and going oh no but that has more calories than this and I've never done that in my life and instantly I like I snapped I was like oh my god I have to delete it right now yeah no proud of you for doing that but it's like so hard to notice when no okay i think this is a really interesting point like the fact that you're like that's like a line that's been crossed that you knew that you like would not be beneficial for you you know what i mean yeah like that kind of calorie thing that's like actually this is a huge step that i have probably deliberately um avoided because i knew that it wouldn't be helpful and beneficial Um, yeah i think that was a big red flag to me it was one of those red flags that was like, if I ever did that, I knew that I would be going down an unhealthy line that I yeah, couldn't control. See, I, um, I think I dabbled with like kind of binge eating throughout high school. Um, yeah. And kind of always wanted to engage in like some compensatory behavior, which is like more towards the bulimia. Um, yeah. But was like, there was that mental block for me that I was just like, I can't do this or else I don't know that I can stop. Um, yeah and then <laughs> <laughs> once it starts it's then, very hard well, to what stop what happened is like because i i didn't really get being triggered like i didn't really understand it i don't think until it happened so i was mm-hmm. reading a book um you know but a summer reading light reading um yeah. which i'm not going to name no because we're not book, here to give anyone tips on no, how to do these no things tips, we're trying no to numbers you're out of luck no. if that's what you came for um <laughs> which i know i did a lot of times like yeah no it's very normal like don't beat yourself up if you're doing that more just like take that as a moment to be like okay this is actually something that maybe i need to think about and try and help yeah but no so back to the book i um yes. was reading this book and then one of the characters in the book was bulimic and in the book interesting they kind of went into like she struggled and then she was like oh here's a top tip for how to be a better bulimic oh no and then that was like something as soon as i read that i was like i did not want to know that that is not productive for me and, and did then, that like enable you to do it because you're like well i can do that yeah that was basically from there it went like very quickly downhill yeah yeah see and that's the thing is that like you could find like trigger points anywhere it's not like you're going looking for them or anything like that and they don't yeah. even have to be like these big humongous things it can be such little things i know and i was like of all things a stupid fucking book <laughs> like <laughs> i don't even read like this is the, l- the one time yeah. you try and better yourself i know yeah so i think that's another key point is just like things that you may not think are going to be triggering can potentially be like a book or tiktok is a really big one um yeah yeah just online spaces so you kind of got to be mindful which is i mean it's easy to say now and you're like yeah i want to be a healthier have a healthier mindset when you're in it and you're just looking for those like hack things that's probably when you're going to go um and almost deliberately trigger yourself which is not good coming out of kind of leading up to it and mm-hmm. going into the depths of it at what you were talking about obviously like one of our friends really asking you how you were and kind of that moment of realization how long did it take for you from there to getting help like what was your mindset going through that because it's not very easy to 
get help I've found. Yeah. No, that's a really great point. Um, so I was in Auckland, so I like was home for the summer, and so then I told um, that friend, and then went, okay, we kind of actually, she was so good. Bless her. Um, we kind of made made like an action plan essentially of like how to kind of get help and who to tell and that kind of thing because I hadn't yeah. told my parents at this point or like literally yeah. anyone, um, and so then it was probably like maybe a week later that I'd like mustered the courage to like go and tell my parents. And I didn't, cause I, I planned on telling them in person and then yeah. I was driving on the way to an event and I was just like pulled over. Um, I was like low key having a panic attack, but like that's life. Um, <laughs> and just like wrote this huge message, which I sent to my mom, just like a big old text of like, I've got an eating disorder. I don't really know what to do. Um, let's talk about it when I get home. Um, so I sent that and then went to like an event. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then they, like when I got home, we kind of talked about it and they were like, okay, what do you want to do? And it was like this awkward time of like, I had probably like two weeks back in Auckland and you can't really get into a psychologist in that time. So then I'm like, do I just wait yeah. until I get back to Dunedin? Blah, blah, blah. I don't really know what to do. Um, but ended up going with the kind of, I'll just go and book in to see student health. Um, that was low key a nightmare for me. I couldn't really get in. Um, just because you try and call and they're like fully booked and I'm like sick awesome um yeah they're very busy people unfortunately yeah yeah it's which is not system. a detriment to them it's just it's um, it's a difficult it's a difficult system but anyway yeah. um I think because I well because I told my parents and they were like pretty happy to support me through it financially um I managed to get into a to see a dietitian in Dunedin um and so that was like my starting point of like actually yeah this is kind of some and I found that really helpful but it wasn't a clear like I was like I want help but I have no idea what to see or who to do um so I found the dietitian super helpful because it was like initially it's just like okay let's sort out some regular eating patterns um and just try and get like a sense of normal back on track because by that point I'd like completely lost any like hunger like that body mind connection of like hmm, mm-hmm. i'm hungry i should eat something yeah totally gone out the window i got no clue. it goes quite quickly i found yeah i'd agree with that um like so it's pretty easy to lose and pretty hard to gain back yeah but doable nonetheless oh but yeah and worth doing i think is for important. sure yeah so i started with a dietitian and then we kind of paired that up with like a a counselor i contacted a bunch of psychologists didn't really hear back from some of them so the dietitian and the counselor kind of were kind of what they recommend like a psychologist to kind of deal with the mental side of things and then you have the food side of things to make sure everything's kind of working and harmony but in saying that the um dietitian did a bit of like mental stuff as well during that treatment process and like the starting of that treatment process at any point were you like did you ever feel like they didn't think you had enough of an eating disorder no no, actually, I was really lucky. Because I feel I, like that's what people get afraid of, is that they're yeah. going to go and try and get help and it's going to be like, well, you're not bad enough to get help. I See, okay, the, this was one of my fears, um, I think, as well beforehand, that I was like, oh, but I'm not bad enough yet. Like, I'm not, yeah. you know, I haven't, like, had this for long enough or done this most, like, regularly enough or whatever in order to be valid for help. But, I mean, the, the kind of, like, programmy thing that they slotted me into, it's like, for eating disorders and disordered eating and I had no clue that you could get treatment for disordered eating like I thought it was just like the big like anorexia bulimia binge eating or whatever it is like I thought that was what you could get treatment for but it's like actually they didn't give a shit they were like your life quality is impaired I did a bunch of like little survey-ish things to be like how like how frequently you thinking about food like have you missed anything because of that? Like all these things. And I'm like, yeah, a little bit. Um, and then some things I was like completely no on. Like, I yeah. don't know. But anyway, so then, then I got treatment for that. So I guess what I'm saying, God, that was, I haven't taken a breath. <laughs> I was like rambling. Um, but no, I think there wasn't a line that I thought was going to be there. And it was like, actually, you could have come in well before this yeah, you could have just had mental have... blocks. Yeah. I think that's an important 
just because a lot of times we're hesitant to even like talk about it or get help from people mm-hmm. because it's kind of like the justification of am I sick enough and again I mean we talked about this with the anxiety and depression of just like that constant line being there and I think it's partially because in the media a lot of illnesses have been kind of taken down a notch and been like oh but that's not enough that's not enough Mm -hmm. and like even like people's comments on posts and things like that like oh you're just complaining oh you're just being you know yeah we take we take that in and we do internalize that and i think it's important to step back and go any disruption on your day or any disruption on your mental or physical health is a disruption that deserves to be taken care of but we're just not willing to do that with mental disorders at the moment and i think that a lot of eating disorders could stop being physically harmful if we recognize them at the mental stage and really like before they did something there because there's there's irreversible damage that can be done very easily and like i've personally like firsthand seen it done to a couple of my friends where they have irreversible damage from just not getting enough stepping in and help at an earlier stage Mm -hmm. and it's really sad because like just no one knew what was going on and no one knew how to help and luckily i think that times have developed a bit more and i think that they probably would have got earlier help Mm -hmm. nowadays than back when this was a thing but it really it left lifelong like challenges on their body which they didn't need to have well totally unnecessary yeah. And now that even though they've gotten rid of the eating disorder, like they still have those challenges, which is a horrible thing to think about. They're like, you don't want to get to the point where you can't heal everything because you can heal your eating disorder. And I think as well, part of that delay is likely to come from the fact that the pathways for treatment are really unclear. Yeah. They're not talked about. Yeah. We, I mean, we just I... hear about like eating versus not eating. We don't hear about like, how did you get there? yeah and also like other than being checked into hospital do you go to the doctor do you go to a dietitian like do you go to a psychologist and then i think just the way that the system works is there isn't that much communication or like you can kind of like i mean i went through it and i still don't really know yeah like i I think it's different for everyone yeah as well the dietitian was really helpful i think no matter what whether you're confused about where to go or where to seek help honestly like a good place to start for anything is your gp if you're comfortable with them because yeah realistically they're going to know where to send you or at least have some people that they can offer you to send you um and it's a very open clear space where you're not going in with any kind of fears of what are they going to make me do um because it's totally up to you so i feel like if you are sitting there here going maybe i do want to go and talk to someone and get some help for anything literally anything at any stage that you're at i would suggest starting with a gp if you're comfortable with that because that could be a really nice starting point gps are a good first point of call to then like basically go where do i go from here in your recovery obviously there's moments of being really hard there's moments of being like oh this was actually like really doable and kind of easy what are your like defining moments have you thought in the year where you've gone like wow that challenge that really challenged me or this is really difficult or actually I'm really surprised that I got through that um the reason why I asked that firstly is just because like there's not a lot of knowledge on what recovery is uh-huh. other than force feeding you yeah. know like I feel like that is kind of like the that's recovery is being force fed or being watched whilst you eat or something like that mm-hmm. which isn't a very realistic recovery for a Wasn't lot of people and that's yeah and it's also probably why a lot of people don't go and get help because they're like well you know i'm still eating and i'm fine so that there's no recovery that they can give to me yeah and it's just a matter of willpower and i just need to stop as well as yeah. a really big one um for me it started off by going okay we're gonna have three meals a day and two snacks and you just gotta do them and log them and see how you feel and when i say log them Oh, this is a this is the best tip ever actually. Um, there's yeah. an app called RR, like just the two letters, RR. Um, and it's like for specifically for like disordered eating and eating disorders. And so it doesn't have any of the calorie numbers, it doesn't have any of those really like triggery things, um, and no nutrients or anything. And it also like allows you to log like how you feel. Like did you 
like are you stressed are you happy are you that kind of thing as well as like for me I had like um how likely like do you feel like binging or do you feel like restriction like these kind of measuring things so you can kind of track and be like actually where am I at um yeah so that was kind of the first point and then you kind of establish a routine and then get them the body cues back in place um so that you're not going like long periods of deprivation um of food which people do all the time and I think it's really common for like everyone talking about well it's become normalized hasn't it yeah of just like skipping breakfast and doing things like that which just like did not work for me um yeah I mean you have to know yourself obviously and what you actually genuinely do like and what you're forcing yourself into liking yeah or like hoping works so that you can lose weight or whatever it is um so that was kind of the first step and then it was kind of trying to break down the like disordered thoughts around food one thing that I had to do um once I'd kind of built up a bit of a trust was tackle what are called fear foods um so from me that was like peanut butter and ice cream and stuff um and so it's like okay what is what is let's write down the thought that you have so it's like if I have like a tablespoon of peanut butter every day for a week like I'll put on weight or something um yeah and so then you start which isn't true just to anyone listening it's not true peanut butter is very good for you if you enjoy it eat it if you don't enjoy it don't eat it yeah well that's the i mean that's the beauty of the the whole experience is like the point of confronting those fears is like you do it and then you realize that actually it's fine you survive you get through it and you're yeah so that was like a super stressful thing for me i was like oh my god like i was just like so sad i'm like i don't want to do this um yeah and then it's like you get through that and you go okay cool and so that kind of pegs it down saying that I haven't done some of my other fear foods like I just think this situation has been kind of we're in lockdown and I'm like I don't want to add it's more quite stress. stressful isn't yeah, it you have to kind of pick and choose when a good time is to um do these things um what's another one? Oh, I was super worried about going home that was a big one for me because I'm like that's where my eating disorder just kind of really ramped up was like yeah it's a place where it like triggers memories for you yeah you don't know how you're going to be able to control stuff 100% so then I was like oh fuck like I just don't want to go home for the holidays and then I did and was really surprised that I'd kind of built the regularity and the kind of had the structure in place that it didn't all fall apart um but it was still like super anxiety inducing and really stressful and a real challenge yeah and I think that's the thing is obviously recovery isn't an easy thing it's not a comfortable thing but you're still here you're still going through it you're still talking about it and I mean any progress is good progress if we're being honest like anything anything that you can do is positive yeah and something that the the dietitian lady said as well was like inevitably like if you do slip up that's like totally cool and part of the journey and we reflect on that and we grow from that as well like I was super worried that I was just gonna like slip up and then everything would go backwards yeah and that's yeah kind but of it's not just, the case it's either. totally part of everything yeah yeah I mean you think about anything like you're always gonna have ups and downs it's not a linear path to success yeah but I think as well like that fear of just completely everything derailing um if you've got the kind of structures in place and you are like mindful about stuff now because I think before it's like I was continually searching for like why is this happening why am I doing this this makes no sense like it just felt so chaotic and out of control and just that yeah like I had no understanding and now it's like the fear that if you go back into that spot that it's everything's going to completely undo and I found that that wasn't my experience and I don't think that for many people it is yeah and I think I mean you retain a lot of muscle memory in terms of like how to heal yourself and how to look after yourself and that doesn't just evaporate when you go through a struggle period if anything it allows you to like better deal with yourself in that struggle period yeah yeah no another big thing as well for me um just on the point of recovery is that recovery is a choice and it's really fucking yeah. hard as a support person that i've been involved with like a couple of different people's journeys and you quickly learn 
that you can do as much as you want but people aren't going to recover or aren't going to get help if they don't want to yeah and you have no control over that and that's a hundred percent in their court and you've just got to support them and help them and hope that a switch is gonna flick and they're going to want to get help but you don't have control over that so please don't beat yourself up if yeah that's happening to you right now Mm -hmm. yeah as a friend like you can support people but you can't do it for them no and you can't force like don't get me wrong there are situations where people have been forced into recovery at a point of life or death and that does happen but for the most part recovery can't be forced and things like seeking help can't be forced but it can be supported and encouraged and be made a safe space so that people feel more and more comfortable talking about it mm-hmm. um, but everyone's so different and it's so scary and uncomfortable as a friend because you don't know fully if they're being honest with you or they're telling you the whole story or if you're getting everything and that's terrifying but just being a friend or being a support person that they're even slightly comfortable talking to you have to know that you are helping in some way because they're being able to vocalize something that they probably haven't vocalized in a very long time Mm -hmm. do you have any tips from as someone who you know was in the other position how certain support affected you in a more positive way than other support i'm not sure i think for me i was very like you seemed very willing to get help in the first place yeah so that's one thing that that is different like i really recognized this as an issue and it was like this is my priority like it's completely the opposite of where i want to go and it's filling up my brain so so very much and so i kind of like because i made it a priority like i said no to a lot of things like a lot of work opportunities and lots of because I was just like I cannot afford to stress myself out and jeopardize everything so I was kind of I don't know that people could have really changed anything me out that much yeah yeah because I was just like for me it was like this is super super important um a couple people wanted to really get the deets when I wasn't ready to share them yeah um and the inside scoop and I'm like actually this is not what I want from a friend is like I don't want you to be like oh was it this or was it this or like were you doing this or like stuff like that I'm like whoa like yeah, it's very confronting isn't know. it yeah and I'm like I'm uncomfortable about it because it's like kind of embarrassing and kind of like like I'm ashamed that it got to this point and it's also like not a nice thought like when friends are like going through horrible things you don't want to like it's really uncomfortable yeah I like guess even to hear about it my mindset it. is always that like what people share with you is what they're comfortable sharing and you've got to take that information that you get and try and support the best that you can with that and you don't want to push for more you don't want to search for more because that's not what they're telling you and that's not what they're giving you and you've got to take that yeah and I think that kind of approach I really appreciated like there were few people that I was like actually I knew that I could um tell anything but also it wasn't now my identity it was like this person who was like going through this thing it was just like yeah just like another one of those like life hurdles that you just kind of everyone has and everyone that goes through you just like have to work through yeah yeah I just wanted to say before we round off this episode that I'm so proud of you because I don't know if you realize how beneficial this discussion could be for so many different people uh that maybe don't feel comfortable voicing yet or like maybe they see you as some sort of i don't want to say inspiration because inspiration is such a big and awkward and ugly word but you know like (laughs) someone who they look up to and they like you as a person to hear someone that you really value and like as a person go through something so vulnerable as this talk about it so openly and kind of normalize the experience of it it's invaluable oh that's really nice i thank you again and for your support as well and for kind of making this happen i wasn't when you approached me about doing a podcast in general i was like whoa this is too much (laughs) but kind of couldn't really pass up the opportunity because i just know that my perception of eating disordered stuff like does not include me yeah and i which is a problem like and we need to change it and we're trying to yeah 
hundred percent. So I'm like, you know, proud of the journey, I guess. Um, and it's just part it's of the weird. recovery. Part of the process. And also like, we ain't there yet. Like we're still working through stuff. Like somebody brought up, these are things that I, I was actually going to bring up um, towards the end. Um, things that I'm still working through. Yeah. Things like eating in public. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, okay. I had a birthday BYO and it was great and I loved it, but it's still so uncomfortable. And I'm like, those things, I think now it's really important that you acknowledge that this is uncomfortable and that's the disordered eating. And then you kind of just got to do it anyway. Yeah. And I've seen you challenging yourself through that. And like, that's a big thing to like be aware of it, but also still challenging yourself through it. And I think that shows your growth in itself, that you're able to be in the mind space to challenge yourself with that because you're not generally people aren't in the mind space to challenge themselves so it shows real strength that you're at a point in your recovery that you can just openly challenge yourself by yourself you know yeah oh my gosh (laughs) warm fuzzies yeah that's really lovely but yeah i mean likewise like i think for anyone with disordered eating or any kind of i think i always want to say everyone's going to go through phases where food is not just like nourishment and i think we are in that time period of our generation is very confronted with numbers and food and good and bad and just really harmful connotations to food and i would be surprised if everyone could be able to fight that off and not deal with it in some way or another small or big or however yeah yeah so i'm just hope that people will hear this and kind of go acknowledge that those thoughts are present but they're not necessarily valid and your thoughts are not the truth Mm. um yeah and kind of to confront that and if you've got the space to kind of work through that and like sometimes you you got to create the space like i didn't want to deal with it and i didn't want to turn down opportunities to kind of focus on my mental health because that's like disappointing and wacky as heck but like it's the priority that you kind of gotta do and the other side is there's so much space over here so yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm proud of each and every one of you (laughs) absolutely and proud of you always thank you for listening to this podcast this is a big one this is one that we were really i don't want to say excited to make but this feels this was a big chat that we wanted to have yeah it's a big topic yeah so to be able to have it and to be able to share it with you guys is really special and we hope you enjoyed it we hope that you got something beneficial out of it or you just felt comfort in knowing that you're definitely not alone no matter what you're experiencing and we love you anyway no matter what absolutely and if you need to reach out hit us up yeah um slide into the dms we'll keep it anonymous we'll put a little question box thing up on our instagram at let's go for coffee when we release this episode um just to if you need to share any thoughts or words or anything like that and totally we don't we won't share them or if you want us to share them just say that you want us to share them and yeah we'll hopefully be creating a forum on our instagram to not only share our experiences but your experiences as Mm -hmm. well or your thoughts as well so that it can become a real like community space thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time at let's go for coffee Woo! bye (laughs) see ya That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. Find more at r1.co.nz.